Hello, this is Vladimir Stafford, and you're listening to Agent Wilkes Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3, Community Resources, Part 3, Recording Date, Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Please enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to this week's podcast titled Community Resources, Part 3. In my previous two podcasts, I talked about community resources that I've used and or that I have learned about in various workshops and presentations since the year 2007, when the care of my sick in-laws was thrust upon me. This podcast will cover our community's medical resources primarily. I have a master's degree in healthcare administration, but even before earning my degree, I knew that our healthcare system was fraught, fraught with problems for the consumer, i.e., the patient. What I learned while earning my healthcare administration degree confirmed many of the insights I had as a consumer. You have probably experienced the same problems yourself problems like too much time waiting for an appointment, your specialist doctor not talking to your other specialist doctor and none of your specialist doctors talking to your primary care doctor concerning your care, not knowing who is the best doctor to provide a solution to your particular health problem, not knowing how insurance works. By the way, I'm going to cover Medicare in another podcast with my favorite Medicare supplement agent sometime in the near future, and problems like why doctors are affiliated with a certain hospital system or medical group and what that means for our care. I have learned that the doctor you choose and the healthcare system he or she is affiliated with will make a huge difference in the care delivered. By the way, in the future, in this podcast, I'm going to refer to doctors as he uh, under the um, under the he pronoun, but it can be a she. I'm just using he for convenience. And there's really no way to Google to find out what kind of doctor this is that you're planning to go see. I know there are websites like HealthGrades, but HealthGrades and other referral sites like it are dependent upon people putting in their opinions to help the consumer determine who is the better doctor. Aside from that, it's the doctor paying to be on the website, and that is no help at all for us consumers trying to figure out who's the best doctor. I wish I could see the grades they made in medical school. <laughs> Our whole healthcare system is complicated, and I feel sorry for people who are trying to manage it in a crisis situation because I've been there, done that, and it's how most people find themselves when they have a loved one that is sick or they themselves are sick. As I said before in previous podcasts, forewarned is forearmed, and knowledge is power, so please do some research now while you are well, so you will be prepared to make decisions which will improve outcomes when you do need to manage the healthcare system. In other words, prepare now for the storm that's coming or you will suffer. I don't mean to be an alarmist, just a realist. The first thing I advise people to do is to decide which hospital you like the best. I like Baptist Health the best. I have lived in Lexington for almost 30 years and my experiences during that time have led me to believe that Baptist Health is the best. That is not to say that the other hospitals are not good. I'm sure they have their specialties, but for me, overall, I like Baptist Health. The Baptist Health here in Lexington, that is. I don't know what 
a Baptist Health Hospital in another city might be like. Once you have decided upon a hospital that you like, you will want to find doctors who are compatible with that hospital. If you don't, you will have to make sure that your information is accessible to a doctor who is in another system. For example, when I have a lab done, it goes into the Baptist Health charting system. A doctor from the St. Joseph's Healthcare system can't see my lab records unless, unless I ask to have the records sent to him. But don't think that your doctor is going to be your doctor when you're in the hospital. Most hospitals now employ doctors who are called hospitalists, but at least these hospitalists have access to your records and can communicate easily with your primary care physician if you end up in the hospital. That is, if you are in a hospital with whom your doctor is associated. Also, you need to pick one pharmacy and stick with that one pharmacy. People who abuse their prescriptions used to go to different pharmacies to get medications to abuse. Of course, now they have the Casper system to help prevent people from getting too many narcotics. But even people who don't abuse substances may go to different pharmacies to get their prescriptions filled for whatever reason, because it's on their way home from work or convenient for some other reason or whatever, but you need to stick with one pharmacy who will hopefully catch any drug interactions or advise you when doctors are prescribing duplications, etc. Your doctor's office and hospital keep a record of what pharmacy you use, so be sure and check that they're sending it to the right pharmacy, the same pharmacy, for all your prescriptions. Of course, I believe that less is more when it comes to medicine. I don't take any prescriptions myself and never have except for antibiotics. I believe antibiotics should be avoided whenever possible because they kill the good bacteria in our body as well as the bad bacteria, and so many people don't take antibiotics correctly. They don't finish the prescription or they take other people's antibiotics, which may not be appropriate for their particular infection. Antibiotics have to be taken correctly or they create a superbug, a bacterial strain that is resistant to antibiotics. And antibiotics will not cure a virus. So many people take antibiotics thinking it will help them get over a viral infection, but antibiotics are only good for bacteria, which is a different creature from a viral creature, a virus creature. Antibiotics won't kill viruses. We don't have a medicine that will kill viruses. We have to depend on our body's immune system to fight it and overcome it. That's why it's important to make sure that we're getting our sleep and eating right and exercising and all that other good stuff so we will have a strong immune system. The COVID vaccinations did not kill the virus, it just boosted our immune system. But back to our healthcare system here in Lexington. Another reason to pick one healthcare system and stick with it is for consistency with the physical therapy and other rehabilitation efforts after being in the hospital. Did you know that hospitals are penalized monetarily when someone is readmitted to the hospital before 30 days after discharge? People on Medicare, that is. Discharge planners in hospitals are tasked with finding appropriate care for people who are being discharged from the hospital. The government instituted that policy of penalizing hospitals when people are readmitted too soon after discharge because too many people were entering and exiting the hospital like a revolving door 
because nobody was helping them once they got out of the hospital. And it was costing Medicare, in other words, our tax dollars, our government, a lot of money. That's another reason the government promotes hospice care, too, because people don't, under don't understand the dying process, and so they go to the hospital when they're dying, or when their loved one is dying, they want them to go to the hospital, but there's nothing the hospital can do for them, and it just costs a lot of money for nothing. People need to realize that the hospital is for acute care, and people also need to realize that Medicare does not pay for long-term care. Medicare is for medical costs, and long-term care is what the care is called when people are alive. They're not in need of acute care. They're not actively dying, but they're alive and functioning at a decreased capacity because of chronic illness or as a result of poor diet, no exercise, etc., which has a cumulative effect, and now they are frail older people in need of help to have a good quality of life. So after being discharged from the hospital, people are often sent to a rehabilitation center, also known as a skilled nursing facility, SNF for short, also known as just nursing homes. Some people are in nursing homes for rehabilitation, and some people are there because they can't live on their own and they need some skilled nursing interventions or because they have dementia. Discharge planners at the hospitals are tasked with finding an appropriate rehabilitation center. Many times it's based on availability or whether the rehabilitation center accepts your Medicare supplement health insurance or whether the rehabilitation center accepts Medicaid. My favorite rehabilitation center for long-term care is the Bourbon Heights in Paris, Kentucky. And the Thompson Hood Veterans Center in Wilmore might be good for qualifying veterans. I think there are three of these veterans nursing homes here in Kentucky. One in the east, one in the west, and one here in the middle of Kentucky in Wilmore. But just as one must get updates regularly on the current administration and owners of assisted livings and other businesses to ascertain their culture and their company practices and policies, one must constantly visit and network with the people in charge of nursing homes to determine if they are good or not. In a pinch, one can ask to see their turnover rate of direct care providers and make sure the percentage that they're showing you, the percentage of the number of direct care workers that are turning over, the percentage that they're showing you is based on just the direct care service providers during just one year's time. High turn turnover is an accurate indication of poor care being provided in that facility. So most people's Medicare will pay for 20 days of rehab after a hospital stay at 100% and after that most people's Medicare supplement policy will pay for another 80 days if the doctor recommends the additional time in the rehab because one's particular condition warrants it. Medicare supplement insurance will pay for the additional days or a percentage of the cost of each day, which changes from year to year. I think most rehabs charge 200 and something dollars per day, and most Medicare supplement policies pay about $130 of that per day. Also, one needs to be sure that one is admitted, and that's 
admitted, not just in the hospital for observation, admitted into the hospital for three days and three nights, or their Medicare won't pay for rehab no matter what their condition. I think some doctors have a way to get around that, but you'll have to ask your doctor. And there's something else that figures into the equation called a benefit period. But as I said earlier, we will cover all that in another podcast because it is so complicated. So during your time in rehab, there is usually physical therapy scheduled for you to help you recover. But once you get out of the rehab, there's often a need for more physical therapy. For physical therapy, once you are back in your home, I like BBN physical therapy and body structure physical therapy. Of course, you'll want to pick one that suits your personality and physical therapy needs and one that's convenient to where you live because like anything else, if you don't do it regularly, it won't benefit you. Your doctor has to recommend it in order for your Medicare to pay for it and you want to make sure that they take your particular Medicare supplement policy before you start getting treatment there. But if your doctor hasn't recommended physical therapy, I advise you to find a personal trainer to help you build up your muscles and teach you everything that you can use as a workout routine going forward for the rest of your life to keep your mobility and strength as you grow older. I like Justin Ford here in Lexington. You want to find someone like Justin that specializes in weight training for older folks so you can avoid injuries. I think the senior center here in Lexington has a physical trainer that is available for one-on-ones too. And for your other needs after you get out of the hospital or after you get out of the rehab center, you can call us or one of the other 100 help at home companies here in Lexington to have someone come and help you with non-medical care at home like cooking, cleaning, shopping, transportation, laundry, etc. I'm going to do a separate podcast on just help at home companies and how they vary at a future date, but just know that they are all different. For example, Aging with Grace's specialty is Medicaid home and community-based waiver help at home. Other agencies have other specialties, and there are some Medicare supplement policies that will pay for people to have four hours of help at home if they need it after being discharged from the hospital or if it is authorized by the insurance company for some other reason. The Lifeline company provides that kind of help at home here in Lexington. But as I said before, we will cover all that in a separate podcast on Medicare health insurance. In the meantime, I hope you have a good insurance agent, a good Medicare supplement insurance agent that is, like I do, that you can call and ask questions and be sure to get an answer. Oh, and the Veterans Administration has a program that will that gives qualified veterans two hours a day of help at home. I know the Always Best Care Agency used to participate in that program, and I'm guessing they still do, and their number is 859-305-0060. But back to our scenario of getting out of the hospital. If you still need some medical interventions like wound wound treatment, for example, most people have that as part of their Medicare supplement policy. A doctor-ordered nurse will come to your home to perform the procedure that you need. The doctor has to authorize it in order for your Medicare, Medicare supplement policy to pay for it. Physical therapists will come to your home too, again, if your doctor orders it. But if you're able, I recommend going to the physical therapy studio for the best outcome. 
Most people's homes are not conducive to performing physical therapy movements and they don't have the equipment. For people who have dementia, I recommend Dr. Gregory Cooper. Hopefully, with Dr. Cooper's help and medication management, the person with dementia can stay at home. But if their behavior is totally unmanageable, I recommend the Breckenridge. They are very expensive, though, and as I said before, Medicare does not pay for it. When my father-in-law's behavior became unmanageable at my house, he went to live in a nursing home. His behavior there was unmanageable, too, and twice they sent him to a behavioral health center in Jeffersonville, Indiana. I didn't like that because it was difficult for me to visit him there to make sure he was being well cared for. Three years after my father-in-law passed, they opened a behavioral health center for people with dementia here in Lexington called the Ridge Behavioral Health System. And as I said, they have a unit there just for older people with dementia. I have to say, though, that they did an awful job decorating it, at least for my taste. <laughs> but, but interior design is not their specialty. Their specialty is helping people with dementia get the right medication to help manage their behaviors so that they can live in their homes and in their communities or at least be tolerated at a facility. I haven't been there for several, several years, so I really can't recommend them because I really don't know them anymore. I do like that they are local. They have an incredibly difficult and important mission to accomplish, so my heart goes out to them. And hopefully they have redecorated since I was there. <laughs> I know I need to go visit them and get to know them again. While we're on the subject of dementia, I want to give a shout-out to the Dementia Friendly Lexington program. Dementia Friendly Lexington is a project that has been launched as a partnership between the City of Lexington, the University of Kentucky Sanders Brown Center on Aging, the Alzheimer's Association, Bluegrass Elder Law, and many other organizations. The goal is to educate businesses and other organizations in Lexington about what dementia is and how to recognize, communicate, and react with dementia and or their caregivers to hopefully improve their quality of life so they can live in their homes and communities longer. The number to call for more info on Dementia Friendly Lexington is 859-278-6072. I am so grateful. I think it is about time, and I am happy to be a volunteer in the effort. After all, the number of people with dementia is forecast to triple in the next 28 years. There is not enough money in the world to put all those people in facilities, and even if there was enough money, it would not be good for them or for the people who work in the nursing homes or for people who care about them. The Fountain of Youth Clubhouse is a great way for people with dementia to spend their days and then go home to sleep in their own beds at night. It gives the people who care about them a break, and it costs a lot less than a nursing home. Adult day center attendance has been shown to improve mood and behaviors of those suffering from dementia, and regular adult day, adult day center attendance has even been shown to slow the progression of the disease. Aging with Grace is a member of the National Adult Day Services Association, where the research is compiled and verified. New findings are posted periodically because the research is ongoing. So now, back to our medical resources here in Lexington. First, choose a hospital and its affiliated health care system. Then, choose a primary care physician in that system or be willing to make sure your records are shared. 
If you are willing to spend the extra money, Dr. John Borders and Dr. Katie Brown are practicing what is called concierge medicine. That means that the concierge doctors have fewer patients and can spend more time, thought, and energy on each individual patient. Our current model for delivering healthcare services through doctors is flawed. There is no incentive for doctors to keep you well. Doctors get paid when you are sick, not when you are well. Doctors have to be altruistic to deliver good care. Unfortunately, there have been some doctors out there who are not altruistic and who have capitalized on our flawed system. Some of them are in jail now. I have a plan that would motivate doctors to keep their patients well. It would work like this. Doctors would advertise that they are forming a group of patients to manage. The group would be limited to 200 people. The people in the group would pay the doctor $200 a month to keep them well. They would pay the $200 a month to the doctor instead of to a health insurance company. The doctor would buy an umbrella policy, insurance policy, for the members of his group in case of a catastrophic accident or illness, but the onus would be on him, on the doctor, to keep his patients well so they wouldn't cost him money. And if patients were non-compliant, he would be allowed to discharge them and take on another patient in their place, but he would be limited to 200 people in his group. 200 people times $200 a month is a decent income. The doctor could hire people to help him manage his group, such as a nurse and an office person. The doctor could also visit people in their homes or send someone to his patients' homes to make sure that their home is conducive to good health. He could offer classes to his patients to help them improve their health. Another idea would be to charge people for their insurance according to their weight and height ratio. Overweight people cost our health care system a lot more money than people who aren't overweight. And the more they're overweight, the more they cost the health care system. But as I said before, there's nothing to motivate a doctor to try to get people to lose weight except their altruistic motives. Health insurance companies do their best to try to motivate people to exercise and eat right, but it really doesn't affect the insured person's pocketbook that much. Not enough to motivate them to alter their behavior, I don't think. If we charge people according to how much they're overweight, maybe that would motivate them to lose weight. Anyway, I digress. Sorry about that. So you've picked a hospital system and you have chosen a primary care physician. Now you need to make sure you get your annual physical and establish a relationship with your primary care physician, which will include some, some getting some blood drawn for lab tests. That way you have a starting point and a baseline for anything that may go awry in the future. And it's a good idea to keep up with those physicals yearly or biannually, depending on your needs, to make sure that things are not going south. As I have said in another podcast, we do screenings at Aging with Grace for our members if they come to the clubhouse in order to catch things before they get worse. We don't do labs, though, at this time. But if you are a member, we communicate with your doctor and get the lab results from your doctor. Hopefully, with proactive checkups, immunizations, and good health habits, you and I will never have an adverse health event and will die in our sleep at the ripe old age of 100 and so. I always say we can try to age with grace, but the rest is up to God. Before I close, I want to mention a few other resources that we have in our area. For our various aches and pains, which are a normal part of life, I recommend Bowen Therapy, Chiropractors, and Massage. For Bowen Therapy, I like Holly's. For a chiropractor, I like Revive. For a massage, I like Karen. 
If you would like more information, please contact me. Also, I went to a good presentation last month from the Kentucky Cancer Link people. They help people who have been diagnosed with cancer and who are having trouble navigating and getting what they need for their diagnosis. Again, that's the Kentucky Cancer Link. Another organization I want to mention is Surgery on Sunday. They help people who can't afford a procedure get what they need. Also, the UK College of Dental Health helps people with their dental needs at a reduced price. Dental health is so important for people as they get older. A dental problem that goes unaddressed can wreck your whole body's health. And let's not forget our mental health, and I'm not talking about just dementia. Depression is a common problem as we get older, and it must be addressed if we're going to age with grace. We need help to get out of our depression. Don't try to go it alone. There's no shame in admitting that you're having a problem coping with life and getting older. And don't worry, no one wants to lock you up because they think you are crazy. No one wants to lock anybody up, even people who are who really are having serious mental health issues like schizophrenia. It's a different paradigm now for mental illness. The medications for mental health problems have improved markedly, but it's still a challenge to get people to take their medications regularly. Adult day healthcare centers can help with that too. Let's close with a joke. A sense of humor can go a long way toward helping us age with grace. Here we go. A doctor walks into a staff meeting with a rectal thermometer tucked behind his ear. A nurse asks him why he has a thermometer behind his ear. The doctor grabs the thermometer, looks at it, and exclaims, Damn! Some butthole has my pen! (laughs) Here's another one. The man told his doctor that he wasn't able to do all the things around the house that he used to do. When the examination was complete, he said, I can take it, doc. Tell me in plain English, what is wrong with me? The doctor says, well, in plain English, you're just lazy. Okay, said the man. Now give me the medical term so I can tell my wife. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of the Aging with Grace podcast. I really appreciate your interest, and I hope you're getting some benefit from the information I'm sharing. I share because I care. I'm hoping us baby boomers can change the culture surrounding aging for the better here in America. Remember, youthful is not a state of being, it's a state of mind. We need to stay forever young in our attitude, which means we always need to be learning and trying to get better and better and trying to find truth. So until next time, I'm wishing you well and I'm wishing you happy memories because memories are everything. Let's make some good ones. Bye for now. Hello again. Hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, please go to agingwithgraceinfo.org. That's agingwithgraceinfo.org. Thank you. The Health Club for Seniors is your kind of place. So come and join us and age with grace.